From a top secret network of highly secure locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider Podcast, brought to you as always by Taco Palenque, where the happy hour, the best happy hour in San Antonio just got happier. Stop by any of the Taco Palenque locations Sunday through Thursday for ice cold 550 margaritas, $3 domestics, $3 off ponchos, and $1 off ponchitos. Taco Palenque keeps San Antonio cool and well-fed and is the best pre- or post-game meal for watching the Spurs. We watched the Spurs, the local cagers, for the last time at the old practice facility on Spurs Lane this Monday. We are recording this in the middle of the first Victor Wembenyama practice week in his NBA career. I am your host, Mike Finger, joined by Express News. Beat writers Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborne and Express News sports editor Nick Talbot. The number one question that we have this week is Jeff McDonald tired of this yet? Am I tired of it yet? I, I think, yeah. no, uh, still, still tired of it. How would you describe the frenzy the first day? The, no, it was the circus. It was, it was fine. It was interesting. It was an interesting day up at the old practice site. Um, literally the, the old practice site, um, you know, a hundred people there. I think I would, you know, that was my 17th media day. I would say that was the most well-attended media day that I've ever been a part of. And, um, they were all there to see CD Sissoko. It was crazy. And he didn't even talk. They all looked disappointed. Yeah. Tom, your impressions of day one of Victor Wembanyama mania. Uh, you know, I thought it went incredibly smooth other than some rebellious guy trying to ask questions without nah. uh no names mentioned uh, but uh other than that fupa by me which i committed several times um no it was really smooth and i didn't i didn't get the sense that it was crazy or or overwhelming it it kind of was really really well structured by the spurs pr staff it 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 went very smooth and you know what? What I took away from it was just again how thoughtful Victor is. Um, you know, pausing after almost every question to really digest it, formulate his answer, gives great answers, um, good insight. Uh, yeah, that was my biggest takeaway. That you know, uh, Victor's special. Hey, you know, he wants to be the best at interviews, right, or the best with the media, as he put it. Um, during the draft. So I think he's, he's continuing on that trend. It might, are you, are you rebelling right now, Tom, and not talking to a microphone as well? Are you, are you acquiescing to the demand that, that we all use mics on this thing? Wow. Well, my mic, uh, that I was, uh, my, uh, express news, um, delivered mic didn't work yesterday with my PC. So I'm on my phone today. Is that okay? Ah, that's good. It's good. I just want to know how, how far your anti-mic stance, uh, went. I, I have a mic, an anti-mic stance, but it's it's anti-mic finger. That's my anti-mic stance. Well, that's uh, universal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not a lot of empathy in that guy. Mm -mm. I'm just saying. Well, first of all, I want to say it was apropos that Tom's joke, I think, earlier about the one guy who didn't use the mic might have been cut off because his mic cut off. Uh, I heard it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Tom. Anyway, Tom, yesterday, Tom Orsborne is the elder statesman on the beat, uh, sits in the front row. There's, As a, there's, rules, there's rules for every member of the media to raise your hand before you ask a question. Tom says, 
I've been around too long for that. I'm just going to shout them out whenever I have them and you're going <laughs> to deal with me. And, uh, you know, I, I respect that. I don't necessarily respect the, uh, the way that my coworkers, uh, transcribe interviews. I, I feel like they could have done a more diligent, uh, uh, timely job of that yesterday, but you know, uh, how much, how much, how much of uh let's say there were six interviews, at least 10 hours a piece. So that's an hour's worth of transcription. Uh, Mike Finger, how much of that did you uh, provide for the rest of the group? I'm the voice of this podcast. I'm the voice of the newspaper. Your, your fingers don't work. Voice, I get it. Official voices do not transcribe. They, they, they benefit from transcriptions. And all I'm saying is, as the season progresses, I'd like Tom and Jeff to do a little better job of of getting me my quotes when I'm asking for them. Uh, but I've, I've got a, I've got a quote for you right now, but I don't think I could say it on this podcast. Or the folks at Taco Palenque wouldn't that, which is a fine family restaurant, would would not appreciate it. Okay, well, we we, we can move on. Um, the there was a a quote of the day, uh, and there were several. Uh, Vic, as Tom said, Victor was great. Uh, as he has been so far and every time he's met with us, uh, like, like Tom said, digests the questions, tries to give a, a, a meaningful, earnest, um, thought-provoking type answer. But, but I think the theme, if it was encapsulated in one, in one quote, was Greg Popovich saying that this year winning will be as important as learning was last year. And for him to come out and say that, I think was notable because that's how fans feel. That's how teams that win the number one pick usually feel. But for, for Greg Popovich to acknowledge that, Hey, this isn't about development anymore. We expect to win some games. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a uh, drawing a line and sand there and saying, uh, we, uh, we do need to improve here. Yeah. It was a great tone setter by him. You're, you're absolutely right, Mike. Pop uses, you know, again, this is my 17th media day. I'll keep repeating that statistic. But um, each year, Pop uses the Media Day platform to sort of, as, as Tom said, set the tone, um, almost give you, give you that theme quote. You know, last year, he kind of made that, made that headlines telling us not to go to Vegas and, and uh, bet on the Spurs to win the championship. And, and this year, um, that was it, that, that just learning and losing isn't, isn't, isn't acceptable anymore, isn't. Um, isn't the deal. Like, what are you saying is, yeah, these, these guys need to keep developing um, and keep learning. But part of that is they need to learn how to win now. And is he saying we should go to Vegas and bet on the Spurs to win the championship? I mean, no, that would be absurd. Are they a playoff team? Probably not. But can they get to a point where they're fighting for one of those play-in berths again? Uh, absolutely. I mean, number one, it doesn't take a lot to get in that, 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 you know, that vicinity of fighting for 12th place or whatever. But, um, you know, it, more than anything, it also kind of sets the tone for the organization as well, because as we've mentioned on this podcast before on a couple of times, they didn't exactly go all out for every win last year. Like if guys had bumps and bruises or, you know, Devin Vassell, who I'm sure we'll talk about later, is coming off knee surgery, we're not going to roll him out there in April and really fight for every win. Um, this year they might, you might see more of that. If they are in the position to fight for a playoff berth or post uh, a play in berth, um, what pop was telling us yesterday is that they're going to do that. And they're, that's, that's part of the organizational goal this year is to fight for every win. 
it's kind of interesting that we all acknowledge that this team wants to win again and that the, the play-in tournament is a realistic goal. And yet you go to our friends in, in the desert, um, just take FanDuel off the top of your head, off the top of, that's not even off the top of my head, it's right here in front of me. Uh, over under win totals for NBA teams this year, would anyone on the podcast like to guess who in the Western Conference has the lowest projected win total this season by FanDuel betting site? Is it the San Antonio Spurs? It is indeed. It is indeed. So, like, I, I guess that's that just hammers home that they might want to win, but there's still challenges out there. This is still a team that lost a whole bunch of games last year. Not only lost a whole bunch of games last year, but lost by the largest margin of anybody in the league. Uh, they Part of that was they weren't playing their best guys. Part of it was they weren't necessarily uh, motivated to win every game, even though the players were, the, the team, the, the franchise wasn't. So there were some decisions with injured players, uh, resting some guys down the stretch, that kind of thing. But there's they could improve a lot and still not win more than 32, 33 games. So and, that and that's the worst really in the Western point. Conference? Uh the the over under is twenty eight point five. Uh who's making out? I think there's some money to be made there. And I'm not a gambler, but I think there's some money to be made there in the over. Maybe not much over, but I think there's money to be made there. If you want to talk about numbers, uh, we would say I would I would say the Spurs' best three players last season, just in terms of talent on last year's roster, were um, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, and Jeremy Sohan. Do you want to guess how many games those three appeared in together? All three of them, not one of them missing. That number is 24. 24 out of 82 games. I would I would. I now I haven't looked up the record in those games. I would suggest that when they played all those guys, they were probably a much better team than they did not. And I would uh, then when they did not play all those guys, and I would suggest that those three, barring some kind of injury, will play more than twenty four games together this year. Plus, they'll be playing with a, uh, a guy called Victor Wimbenyama. So I don't think thirty wins is 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 much of a tall task at all for this team. And yes, the Western Conference is is ridiculous. Like, yes, yes, it's very competitive, and you can be really good, and they can they can improve um, a lot, and they can play together a lot, and still not bump up that win total number, I guess. But I wouldn't be shocked if they if they if they beat that over. They won twenty two last year, just kind of messing around with also one of the least talented rosters in the NBA. I think it's it's just with Wimby alone. And playing your best guys, I think you're due some improvement there. Uh, sports editor Nick Talbot, are you concerned, having heard all this, that your Spurs beat writer, you're going to lose your Spurs beat writer because he's going to bet all his cash on this obvious slam dunk over and he won't need to work for you anymore? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I think, A, he, he's not wrong about about them getting more than 20 and a half wins because I think they almost could have got that. Yes, last year, and he's definitely pointing out that, uh, I don't know, if they had just played everyone, like if, if Devin Vassell hadn't got hurt, um, obviously they uh, started off a little bit stronger. And we were talking about early in the season, they might win 30 games if, you know, they could all stick together. But, you know, if they had minor bumps and bruises, like you said, they sat out. So I am a little concerned, Jeff, 
If you go to Vegas, don't do it. Tom Orsborn. Awfully tempting. Tom Orsborn, who who loves Vegas more than anyone on this podcast, loves spending time there, loves going back multiple times for a year, always finding a sports writing reason to do it. In your experience, have, have you noticed that all those tall buildings in the desert were made because the locals there set bad lines because they don't know what they're doing? <laughs> no, no, that's 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 definitely not the case. I've I've watched uh, Casino too many times to know that that's not the case. I'm just that, it does. Jeff makes a good point, but yeah. doubting Vegas, I'm not sure yeah. that works out well for people in the long haul. What they, what, and as you know, on these sort of things, what Vegas does, because this is the point, is it sets sets a line like that where it's plausible either way, right? So neither one is out of the realm of very legitimate possibility. So well, it seems too good like this. It's almost like they're baiting you to bet that over. They're baiting you to. That's how they make the. That's how they make the big bucks because they realize, oh, Victor Wimbanyama. Number one pick, best prospect since LeBron James. Surely that team can win more than 28 and a half games. I don't know. We'll see. I, Those I, people I, might I accidentally would, be right. I would, uh, you know, I, I would tend to agree with Jeff that they're going to win more than that this year. But that, this just, that that's such a weird number for me. And you look, uh, I've, I've got the others on here, like, uh, um, I think it, the next closest in the Western Conference is Houston at 31 and a half. Like, is Houston clearly three games better? And then there's this big jump to like Utah at 35 and a half. Um, mm. I guess this just hammers home that the West is really, really good because those teams have had a bunch of top picks in recent years. Yeah, They're clearly improving. Uh, Portland has been off the board. Th this might be a couple days outdated, um, but I'm not yeah. sure what that number is. Um, but it's it's fat like Oklahoma City at forty four and a half. Are they six, sixteen Ooh. games better than your local cagers? I like OKC a lot this year to make a jump, but forty four seems seems a mighty big jump for them. Sixteen games difference between the Thunder and the local cagers. That seems that seems like a lot. Well, uh, all those I think the uh, the Spurs are the best bet. Everything else seems like you're not going to win. Which yeah. is on par for Vegas. We're not uh, advocating gambling at all. All I'm saying is like this is fraught with peril. Bet betting your money on any of this stuff. Well, so 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 is life. <laughs> you know, so is life. Everything's um, fraught with peril. Something that is not fraught with peril is <laughs> the possible lineup combinations that Greg Popovich has this year. Says he, he so many questions that seem really cool to answer, like. I'm not sure you can go wrong with how he um, kind of unleashes this talent that he has. Uh, one sort of story we're following over training camp through the preseason, heading into the season opener, is who will be in that initial starting five. And when I asked Greg Popovich yesterday if he'd had a conversation with any of the five guys who started last year about not starting this year, what did he say, Tom? He said he had not had that conversation, but if Manu Ginobili can come off the bench, anybody can come off the bench, and he doesn't want to hear it. So yeah. that should be that should be interesting to watch to see which. So Victor Wimbanyama, sixth man of the year. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of a lot of good stuff um, out of that 
uh, media day. I thought one of the, that, that quote was good. I thought, um, Jeremy talking about, I think Jeff asked him about playing point mm-hmm. and he gave kind of a tantalizing, um, well, I think that was the wrong, wrong word, not tantalizing, but intriguing answer, you know, kind of suggesting that that's, you know, he's, He's not opposed to that. The coaching staff's not opposed to that. That's going to be looked at during the training camp and preseason. I thought that was interesting. And then one of the microphone-less questions that I issued to uh, Victor was about, you know, Pop says one of the cool things about training camp is trying to figure out what, what exactly, where can he play? Five, four, three. And Victor responded with his uh, don't, you know, don't put me in a box uh, uh, response, which Mike weaved into a really, really good column as usual today. But um, yeah, I would have been certain. You don't, need to, you don't need to flatter him. His ego is already. <laughs> that column would have been so much big, better if I'd received timely transcriptions. Um, that's point. all I'm saying. Here's, here's another thing that struck, stuck out to me was um, we talked about pop kind of setting the table, setting the tone at these things. Uh-huh. The first two questions of the event are about Victor Wimanyama because, of course, that's what these hundred people are here. He's the one really new thing about this team. Those are going to be the questions. But Pop made a point in answering the second one that like, hey, both, both questions so far have been about Victor, and I get it, but there's a whole team here. There's a whole lot of other you know things to talk about, and I see what he's doing. I, th- I think he understands that there's going to be a lot of Victor talk and a lot of Victor questions um, from the media. I don't think he's really kind of chastising us for that. Um, but it's just a reminder that and I think we're going to see this happen over and over again uh, this year. That that Pop's going to do a little, little bit to keep that hype in check. Even his first answers about Victor yesterday were not just overflowing with praise, but talking about him as just, you know, as, as talented as he is, um, you know, he's a rookie that's going to have to come in and, and learn the game, learn the ropes, earn his stripes, all, all that kind of stuff. And I think we're going to see that um, theme crop up as the year uh, goes on and we go from place to place and, and get all these Victor questions. So I, I thought that that stuck out to me almost from the jump yesterday. Well, Jeff, having been to, what, 17 media days in a row. That's the number. I... Uh, I, I will posit this to you and and see if you agree with it. Um, Greg Popovich's intended audience at media days, at post-game press conferences, at practice pressers, uh, isn't it often the players in his locker room? Quite often, yes. And And couldn't this be construed as his answers to those questions to remind everyone, uh, most notably, uh, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, um, Julian Champagny, um, on that Trey Jones, on all the stars. <laughs> yes. Just on down the line that yes, this Victor Wimbanyama thing is a big deal, but I haven't forgotten that everybody here is involved. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and, I, and I, Greg Popovich am not making this a Victor Wimbanyama show that, that I am insisting that, that all of us are in this together. I think that's what he's doing there. And, uh, he, he does not believe that he can stop. And he even said this to me 
to us yeah. yesterday directly. He can't stop us from talking about Victor Wimbanyama. He's not even going to try. Um, I think he just wants to remind the people that he's coaching um, that there's more to it than that. And and I think that's totally understandable and probably pretty effective. Hey, one one of those guys you mentioned that the Spurs clearly haven't uh, haven't forgotten about is Devin Vassell. They just gave him a pile of money yesterday. Like I wasn't even home for media day, and they gave him a pile of money. What do we think about that? You asked him uh, at media day, your 17th consecutive media day, about his contract extension. He looked you in the eye and said, I want to be a Spur a long time. Can't say more than that. And then by the time Jeff got home, Devin Vassell had a uh, nice little rookie uh, deal contract extension. Um, and I think that's what we all expected, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you never know, but yeah, like he, is, he was... He's clearly like a huge part of what they're trying to build around Victor. Maybe, maybe him and Sohan are probably tied for the, you know, the second most important player in that, in that endeavor. And I think there were, you know, a lot of people on social media. I mean, people like to do this, but they look at five years and 146 and it, it, it pops out of them, like out at them. Like that's a huge number. And for Spurs fans, it is, it's, it's the largest contract in Spurs history. Um, uh, someone pointed out this this out to me the other day. Uh, 146 million dollars is more money than Mata Ginobili made in his entire career in the NBA, and a lot of that is due to the economics of the game. Obviously, salary caps going up, TV money going up, um, contracts going up. Um, percentage of salary cap though, Devin's average average per year salary is about about 20 percent of it, and that number will go down as the salary cap goes up in in throughout the length of that deal. Um, so I think it's, I, I think even though people are looking at today as a huge number, it will look at least market value as it goes along and maybe even a steal as it goes along. And on top of that, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just very bullish on Devin Vassell as a player. Like, I think what we've seen from him so, so far has basically just scratched the surface. I think when he was healthy on the court last year, we saw a, a very dynamic player um, that that is going to be even more dynamic when you open up space for, for him by putting him next to Victor Wimbanyama. So I think I think the money is right. I think it was it was very appropriate to have him to lock him up as a part of this core. Like he's if 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 you let him go to free agency next summer, it's going to cost you a lot more. I think if he has the kind of season that I believe Devin Vassell is going to have this year. See you on. Yesterday, he just seemed, uh, you know, he seemed to just be, and it may have been his knowledge that the contract was about to get done, but he just seemed to be using confidence and giving out this vibe that, you know, this is the year that I really, if I stay injury-free, you know, everything's going to come together for me. He just seemed to be giving out that vibe and pop have uh, followed along with that too and talking about the leadership he's shown in, in off-season workouts and open gym. So, yeah, he just he was giving out a good vibe yesterday. All that context that Jeff provided in his analysis earlier was really, really nice. I've, I've got to say that was effective, you know, talking. I might be writing on this later the week, later in the week. So I'm already, I'm already doing my research like Aaron Rodgers. Percentage of, percentage of the cap rather than raw numbers. I mean, that's, that's good stuff. Doing like it, research. It would, be fitting, it would be fitting a guy who's just completed his 17th uh, media day. Yeah. 
One thing I'd add on that is, um, I just, I just figured out there's a thing called a, call a salary cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I never knew. I thought, I thought that was a piece of clothing that, that people wore. I think you learned that after your 16th media day. But, so. but, but to add on what Jeff was saying about, um, thinking about in terms of percentage of the salary cap, that kind of thing. Um, and, and, and looking at what a bargain this might be, if, 135, $140 million ever can be a bargain. Um, other, four other guards from the, the cell draft, Anthony Edwards, uh, LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, Desmond Bain, they all got more than $200 million. Um, And the cell might not be up there with those guys, probably isn't in terms of what he's done so far. But, like, are you convinced that Devin Vassell can't be Bain? Like, I think he could be that. Um, and he's making significantly less than that guy got into his extension. So I think you have to look at it in terms of not yeah. comparing it to what Manu Ginobili made or what Tim Duncan made. Right. I don't, I don't, other guys in his class are making wrong. The wrong numbers are meaningless now comparing across eras or even from five to 10 years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Like, like Devin's going to get roughly, it's just shade under 30 million a year, um, you know, on average. It wasn't that long ago. That was a max contract guy. That was a little more like LeBron was making, what Steph was making, because that's what the CBA dictated. But as the money has shot up, so has so has you know player salaries, and you know a, a loaf of bread used to be fifty seven cents too, and now it's now it's two bucks for what I don't I don't go grocery shopping, but I just assume that's what it is. Yeah, and that salary cap going to continue to shift. How does the McDonald plan get their groceries if you don't go um i'm mostly a hunter and gatherer uh for yeah we have a we, we, like our 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 um our neighborhood is rife with squirrels i like them. and they're slow they're slow squirrels so i can get them with my car and then we can fry up something nice i like that, that that's the protein what about the carbs um no we're we're uh keto friendly or atkins or whatever then whatever the heck it is so so you're the young McDonald's, your father of two, if I could share it with the public. I don't want to give away. Uh, that we know of. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the family cons, uh, uh, exists primarily on squirrel, is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. And then you forage, say, pecans and uh, other other berries and things of that nature that are out there. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. I, I like that. Get a nice, get a nice rain. Whenever that happens, there's some mushrooms in the yard. Got to be careful with those, though. Yeah. What I do know for a fact, though, is when the McDonald family has a cheat day and wants to really splurge and feel good about itself uh, and really enjoy a meal, they go to Taco Palenque. Yes. It's just the best place to watch it's, for your post it is. We, game in town. We, we go there when we celebrate big accomplishments in our family, like when we subscribe to the Spurs newsletter. You know, That's good too. Or, or, or uh, you know, uh, you, you, with some, so you know, my kids are old school. They like the, the the hard copy of the Express News. You can still you can still purchase that. You know, uh-huh. get you Express ExpressNews.com. Yeah, they do that on their cellular telephones now. Did you know that? Uh, did they download the app? Um, let's say yes. I bet they do. Uh, Tom, I, I don't know I what kids do these days. I really don't. Tom, anything to add before we wrap this up? We got to get to the new uh, facility you know, at the Rock for a practice. Speaking of our sponsor, the um, uh, you can make a meal, Jeff. Just you know, if you 
just for economics, uh, you know, keep economics in mind. You can make a meal there just out of their chips. Their salsa uh, tray there is is probably the best in town. They've got so many different varieties of pica de gallo and other other good stuff. Uh, so yeah, really top notch. Yeah, are you putting a kickback that I'm not getting? <laughs> I like the way that uh, the members of this podcast have dove headfirst into uh, embracing all of this the same way the Spurs have dove into embracing all the attention of the Victor Wembanyama era. Victor Wembanyama said yesterday, we're going to make something original. That sounds like a goal for all of us. Don't worry about matching what other people have done. Let's make something original ourselves. All the listeners of the podcast can do that this next week. We will be back next week, just like every week of this season, hitting your podcast players on Wednesdays. Until we see you the next time, take care of each other and keep it real. 